0: hello welcome to another episode of talking weather in this episode i want to talk about some of the main types of fog that exist out there um there are many types of fog um a lot of them are common at most in most places in most climates um, some of them are pretty unique to Arctic climates. And as we all know, uh, Arctic and Antarctic climates, not not a lot of people live in, in Arctic and Antarctic areas. So I'm going to focus on the, the types of fog that are more common in, in more populated areas. So let's start with advection fog. So advection fog forms when you have moist air, uh, usually warm, relatively warm, moist air moving over a much colder surface. And so the that cooling of the surface air as it's moving over that cold surface um, is, it, it causes the fog because the temperature will go below its uh, dew point temperature and fog will form. This fog is very common along the central California coast and the San Francisco Bay Area during the summer months, Um, and that is because there is usually a very cold um, layer of water um, right offshore um, of the San Francisco Bay and the California coast. There's a cold current, and there's also something that we call upwelling, which causes, um, which I can talk about in another episode, but it basically causes colder air uh, from below. Um, Actually, I have talked about this in uh, episode 8, I believe, about the Bay Area summer fog. So um, cold water is upwelled from below, um, from the deeper waters, and so it makes it even colder right right along the, the coast. And so, warm, relatively warm, moist air from the Hawaii, um, from the Hawaiian Islands, you know, the tropical Pacific, uh, it is, it, um, it travels over this very cold um, ocean air right off the California coast, and it condenses um, into uh, these large layers of fog, and this is advection fog. Um, because it is, as I just described, moist air moving over a cold surface and causing, you know, all this fog. Uh, and if you want to understand more about the San Francisco Bay Area fog, I highly recommend checking out episode 8. Because I talk all about, uh, all about upwelling and winds and, you know, what makes the fog um, so common in the summertime in San Francisco and, and such. Um, so let's move on now to radiation fog, which is, uh, I think one of the most common types out there, really. Um, radiation fog occurs when you have very, uh, usually calm, um, clear nights with no, with, what I mean by calm is very little to no wind. Um, a clear, calm night Is a night that you have a lot of cooling because the long wave there's no there are no clouds to keep the long wave radiation um, from going back up to space, so the the heat from the daytime is lost at a much greater rate, and um, eventually you know if especially if there's any leftover moisture from recent rains or anything on the ground any moisture that's in the air as the temperature drops quickly it will um form this radiation fog um and and so you know you'll have uh, usually by sunrise um you have like a a solid layer of radiation fog now this this uh, can also be called valley fog and it is very common in the Central Valley of California during the winter months. Some people also call it tule fog. It might, in a lot of places, it's known as tule fog. Um, but it basically happens because cold air from this... Uh, in addition to this radiation fog... Um, This radiation, you know, uh, this effect of calm, clear nights, of the the heat being lost at such a high rate, there's also cold air that sinks down from the Diablo Mountain Range and the um, Santa Lucia Mountain Range um, to the west of the Central Valley, and from the Sierra Nevada mountain range to the east of the central valley and so both of those mountain ranges uh, you know on these calm clear nights cold air sinks down um into and gets trapped in the valley and the air above the valley so the air slightly above the valley will actually be much warmer than the air in the valley and so that causes um you know the as it because colder air is denser than warmer air the the cold air literally gets trapped below the warm air and then you have the radiation fog that forms and that radiation fog gets trapped and it'll actually a lot of times during the winter months there will be days where um the uh you know places up in the the Sierra Nevada mountains like Lake Tahoe and Mammoth will be clear uh, and sunny but the central like places like fresno and bakersfield in the central valley will be overcast with fog the whole foggy or overcast the whole day because um, the cloud base will lift slightly during the day but there are days where it actually stays in place the whole day because you know it is winter time and so there's not a lot of time for the sun to heat that, and the sun is at a pretty low angle, regardless during the winter months, um, and it's just this very strong inversion that forms because that there's really cold air down into the valleys, and then the warmer it gets above that air, it's like it just tightens the inversion, and it keeps that uh, radiation fog in place. Uh, is a valley fog in that case because that's a little different because uh if you when you don't have like this valley kind of this intense kind of situation that happens to a large scale in the central valley usually radiation fog is just overnight and it usually does in most places it, it does dissipate by the first few hours of sunshine after the first few hours of of sunshine in the morning um, but in this case of the winter valley fog in the central valley because of all the circumstances I just mentioned, it can actually persist all day sometimes. And the same goes for the advection fog in the Bay Area in the summer, uh, because that wind, that cold wind off of the Pacific, is so strong sometimes that uh, and persistent. It's a persistent feed of fog coming off of the ocean. And then it usually gets trapped on the ocean side, Of the hills and then if you go over these hills it's completely sunny and warm but you have such a constant influx of fog in that case as well and a solid strong inversion layer that it it can persist all day like that's why parts of san francisco can actually be overcast all day and temperature will actually a lot of times struggle to surpass 60 fahrenheit 16 celsius while in other areas, it it might be, you know, all the way up, like not far away, um, only like a 30 minute drive away, it might actually be 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 27 degrees Celsius. Like people are in t-shirts and maybe even sweating a little bit, whereas in San Francisco, people are, you know, bundling up and, you know, trying to stay out of the wind and trying to stay warm um because you have those unique conditions anyways I'm getting a little bit into the weeds with that but um I just really like talking about it so let's move on to upslope fog upslope fog is the kind of fog that occurs when you have air rising up a mountain and so as it goes up into thinner air that air is actually is uh, by nature of being a higher altitude and and thinner air. It is uh less dense and the temperature is lower, and so that air cools as it moves up the mountain. And as it's doing so, when there's moisture present, um, it will create. It will form what we call upslope fog, and and usually you can see this um. Like, when you look at a mountain and you you see, like, halfway up, looking up towards the top, you see this, like, kind of like a strip or a finger of fog, like, going up the mountain. Um, and a lot of times, some, a lot of times it can, um, depending on what the wind is doing, it, it can, um, stream down into the valleys as well, um, now, this fog is interesting also because it can maintain itself at relatively high wind speeds uh, because it's con- because of the lift and cooling that occurs as the uh, the air moves up the mountain. You know it can you know it, it'll actually persist uh, with the, even with wind if that is an up upslope wind. If it if it were a downslope wind, that would not because the sinking air will is the opposite of what um clouds need and the sinking air actually also has a a warming effect in most cases but any anyways with it's an in an upsloping um situ wind situation the fog um will maintain itself um so uh a primary location for this kind of fog is uh the east slope of the Rocky Mountains, which includes places like Denver um and Boulder. Um uh you know those those places get this kind of fog a lot. So uh another main kind of another the, the other main type of fog that I wanted to talk about um today is frontal fog. Frontal fog happens when you have the passage of fronts, a cold front or a warm front and um, so there's there's a few different subcategories of frontal fog. We have warm front prefrontal fog, we have cold front post frontal fog, and we have frontal passage fog. So pre and post frontal fog. Are caused usually by rain falling into a layer of colder stable air and then so it rises the dew point of that air and by that happening temperature and dew point end up meeting and you have saturation. Frontal passage fog occurs when Warm and cold air masses, um, when they're next to each other, and the winds are light in that very uh, frontal zone, the winds are much lighter than like right on the edges of the front, where they're the strongest. The um, the mixing of the warm air and the cold air um, can cause fog. And then also when the warm air... Is suddenly cold over the moist ground when there's a passage of a rain band. Um, then you can also have fog from that. Um, so that when you have cold fronts, there there are you're almost if it's a moist if it's a cold front that has enough moisture with it. Let's let's be clear because there are dry cold fronts sometimes um, depending on the winds and everything but when you have cold fronts with moisture you're it's pretty much a given that you're gonna see fog at at some point if you have any kind of cold front that's associated with any kind of rain because of of all i just mentioned there there will likely be fog with that um there are a couple more you're free to kick out of this episode now if you want because now i'm going to talk about uh, types of fog that are more related to arctic and antarctic climates Um, uh, so you might not be as interested in this but i'm gonna just give an overview as well Um, by the way i'm getting a lot of this information for this episode from the national weather service website they have a lot of um, great resources on, on meteorology and stuff, so um, I highly recommend them um, if you're interested in learning more about these things I talk about here on the podcast. Um, anyways, let's get to it. So let's talk about steam fog. Steam fog, um, it can also be known as Arctic sea smoke. Uh, It takes place in northern latitudes and it forms when water vapor is added to much colder um, air and then condenses into fog, you know, like Arctic or Antarctic air condenses into fog. It's usually seen as wisps, wisps of vapor emitting from the surface of the water. This fog, it's most common in the middle latitudes near lakes and rivers, uh, particularly during autumn and early winter. So the waters are still warm enough. Um, they're still relatively warm, and then the colder air masses are moving over that water. Um, and this is also the cause for lake effect snow, which I can do another episode on. A strong, And then a strong inversion will confine the... Mixing of that lower layer of air, um, and and assumes kind of a uniform density, and so under these conditions, the visibility can actually be below three hundred meters. This can be really really dense fog, below three sixteenths of a mile or three hundred meters, um, whatever scale you use. Um, so ice fog, ice fog it's composed it's actually composed of ice crystals instead of water droplets and it forms in extremely cold arctic air um so you know only in these very like far north arctic or far south antarctic regions uh ice fog of significant density is found near human habitation in extremely cold air and where burning of hydrocarbon fuels adds large quantities of uh, water vapor to the air. Steam vents, motor vehicle exhaust, jet exhaust, these are all major sources of water vapor that produce ice fog. A a strong low-level inversion can also contribute to ice fog formation by trapping and concentrating moisture in a shallow layer. So those are all the types of fog that I wanted to talk about today. This is all listed on the National Weather Service um, fog types. If you just Google National Weather Service fog types, you can see the the description for all these kinds of fog that I just um, talked about. I hope uh, I was able to convey this information in a way that it's more understandable for people, because I know that, you know, a lot of that, and even as I was reading, you know, a lot of it is in this um, more meteorological jargon that I'm actually used to, because I've been reading and studying this stuff for a long time, Um, but... I know for, for most people, it's hard to understand, so I try to explain it in a way that it makes it a little easier for most people to understand. So I hope you, you were able to get something out of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.